to two friends here today, a new friend and an older friend. This is Laura Trim and Christina Ierborg. Ierborg. I, I, I can say that, right? Ierborg. Um, or Ierborg if you're Canadian. But um, these are our two great and lovely ladies. I'm going to let them start off by just kind of talking a little bit about themselves, where they're at in this journey of motherhood, and maybe what also brought you to Mountain Park. Um, and part of our church family. So, Christina, do you want to start us off? Sure. Well, hello. My name is Christina, and I am married to Anders, the really tall guy. <laughs> kind of loud. I'm sure you've uh, heard him. Um, we have three children. We have a daughter who's 11 and two sons, uh, 10 and 5 years old. Um, so we came to Mountain Park kind of in the midst of the uh, COVID fiasco, if you will, um, our church at that time um, had moved to a completely online platform, um, and we tried to do it. Um, we would sign in, and we would try to enter into worship, and um, I felt I was repenting more, um, trying to wrangle my kids from killing each other than really you know, going deep. So it really just wasn't working um, for us. We really felt like we were breaking apart um, that we were coming apart at the seams, and um, we just we didn't know a way forward. And then one of my precious friends, Kim, um, had told me that Mountain Park was open, that they were still doing ministry to kids, and so we just ran here as fast as we could. And um, the first few services, I remember just sitting in the pew and weeping um, to be in an atmosphere of corporate worship um, to be with like-minded believers. It was everything to me um, and to us at that time. It was like soothing balm just pouring over me. I don't, I don't even think I realized how much I needed or I missed it. Um, but yeah, it was just a really uh, refreshing time um, for our family. And at that time, we just thought we will be here uh, until um, our church opens up and things return to normal, whatever that even meant um, anymore. Um, and so we just um, continue to come. And um, something happened early on. Um, we had a health scare with my father-in-law, who's currently battling um, ALS, and we thought that we um, were going to lose him. And the leadership of the house and, um, reached out to us, and Andrew came, and he said, how can I serve your family in this time, and how can we help you heal? Um, and that just touched my heart so deeply. And as I reflected as to why that was, um, I came to understand that just as Jesus came not to be served, but to serve, um, you know, that's, there's no better way to align ourselves with his heart than to take that posture and to um, serve and be willing to serve um, one another. And so we found ourselves in this place of tension. Um, we uh, had been at our church for 14 years. There wasn't some big event. There was no fallout. We love our pastor, Pastor Tim. We have nothing but love and affection towards him. We had our people there. We had our place. We were serving uh, in ministry, but we felt a, a shift coming. And so we began to prayerfully just um, 
you know, consider things. We involved our kids in the decision, uh, and we just felt that that God um, was leading us here. And so, um, yeah, we just decided that Mountain Park is our home. Um, so you're stuck with us, I guess, We're at this point. with the mics being, I, you probably got to mute it and stuff, but I'm going to interject in here every once in a while. So we're very happy to have you and your family here at Mountain Park. Laura, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. I'm Laura and I'm married to Josh. We have two little girls. Uh, Emma is six and Lily is eight. We, uh, how did we end up here? Well, it was during COVID about a year ago and actually didn't know if we needed to leave the other place that we were at, but through conversations with my husband, we just felt a deep, deep, deep desire to meet with the family of God. And um, we weren't doing that at our other church. Uh, and when I found out Mountain Park was open, I was like, oh, yes, yes, we got to go. Um, yeah, and it's it's funny when I didn't no, you know when you don't know you need something? You're just in a tough place, but you needed something. I grew up in a very small church, and it was, it was like a family. And Josh and I don't have family here. It's just him and I and our two girls. And so the longing for family, especially during COVID, was real. Uh, you know, when everybody was like, oh, you can't get together with anybody but in your home. But they would see family. And we just didn't have that extra people to go to. So it was super lonely. And coming here, new church, I remember just sitting here amongst all the people and being like, oh man, I got to meet all these people and this is scary. And he just spoke this word that was, um, you're a part of the body of Christ and this is an extension of the body of Christ and you belong here. And that was just like really good. So uh, it's, like Christina said, weeks of crying, and I can't actually believe how much growth can happen in a short amount of time. So I encourage, if you're just visiting here, this is a great place. Well, thanks. Uh, today, we're actually going to be talking about some of the struggles and challenges with being a mom. But before we get into that, I thought it would be good if we maybe talked a little bit about what's great about being a mom first, because we all know that it kind of goes together, right? It's like every moment is a little bit broken and a little bit beautiful, and they're like intermixed together every single day. And so what do you love most about being a mom? Laura, I'll ask you to answer that one first. Okay, so when I was thinking about this, there's so many things that I love about being a mom, but uh, one of the things is when they learn something new to them or they experience something that I really enjoyed or my husband enjoyed, and we get to watch it in their eyes. So recently, um, I had a love for The Sound of Music. I still do. And all those songs, so they got to watch it for the first time, and I was just like, and they, they also were, were quite excited to watch it, so that was fun. And then uh, our youngest just learned how to ride with no training wheels. We thought it would take months of practice, and she literally just got on and was like, I got it, and then went. And so it was just like to see her get so excited and like proud of herself, it was just like, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Christina? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, having kids 
is really one of the greatest blessings um, to see these tiny little humans. They just fill your heart with just so much joy as they learn and they grow and you see the wonder um, at everything um, that they do. And to just see parts of yourself in them um, is really special. Um, but they kind of have a way of um, humbling you um, as well. <laughs> I recently had an encounter with my five-year-old. Um, we were just playing a game and he just said, mommy, let's do this instead. And I'm like, dude, I am too old for that. You know, sorry, I, I, can't, I can't do that. And it was like I had broken his little heart. He was like, mommy, you are not too old. So I was like, I just love you. You just might be my favorite child. <laughs> He wasn't quite finished his train of thought, so he went on to say, Mommy, you are not old. You are a little fat, but you are not old. <laughs> oh, children. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, dear. Yep. And so, you know, I was just like, mm. yeah, so I had to speak myself back into, you know, a good place. Like, I am not defined by what my child says about me, I know who I am, right? But that's just a picture of, of kids, right? They will just tell you um, how it is. And I may or may not suck my stomach in when, you know, when he walks by, but that's just the, that's just the joy of it, right? All wrapped in to, to one. So I'm just being real, right? I'm just being honest. I'm just, yeah. He's not your favorite child anymore? Not anymore, no. <laughs> It's okay, they're not in the room, they're all downstairs. <laughs> we can talk about it, <laughs> we can be real. <laughs> I would say too, like, my, my kids are older. If any of you, most of you know me, but my kid, my oldest, my son is 27-ish, uh, somewhere around there. <laughs> I think he's 27. <laughs> and then the girls are like 25, 21, and 19. <laughs> I did good. My husband's the dates and numbers guy, not me. But um, so I'm a little bit on the older end of this, and I I get to see something really beautiful in my young adult children, which is the years of investment when you're in those stages when they're young and you're like, am I doing the right thing? And are they going to be okay? I get to see that my kids actually have jobs and like have entered the world and they're like doing well, and that's like a that. I think is a, the, part of the reward of actually all those years of investing in them. And so that's good. So there are good things. We love our kids. But we recognize as moms, as parents in general, because this is partly for dads too, there are some challenges and there are some struggles that we go through as we're raising our kids. And it's not always struggles with the kids. Often it's the struggles within us, within our own heart, that are the hardest ones to work through and to deal with because if we're being honest, being a parent can bring out the best and the worst in us too. And so I wanna dig into this and talk about this a little bit. So what, maybe I'm gonna ask you ladies, what are some of the greatest challenges that you found even personally in this journey of being a mom? And what is God teaching you through these challenges in your own life? So Laura, do you wanna hit that one first? Uh, so before I became a mom, I was a great mom. <laughs> I thought I would be a great mom. I thought I have a, I took teaching in university and so I thought, oh, I can, I can manage this. I had a great mom, great example. And 
then I became a mom. <laughs> and well, it, it shook me. I wasn't, I wasn't good at it. Uh, and the more that I failed and struggled, the more I looked and like, it was like grasping to maybe do it this way. So I was always looking around. Oh, they do it that way. Maybe I should do it that way. They do it that way. Maybe I should do it that way. And I realized I tried to cover <laughs> all those insecurities. Um, I remember wanting to breastfeed really bad and struggling with it. And my mom was just like, oh, it's just natural. It's easy. And I was like, well, then why is it so hard? And there's, you all know, there's like a breastfeeding and then formula. And I was like, oh, it's bad. Formula is bad. I can't do it. And my mother-in-law would come and she'd just be like, I'll just give the baby a bottle. And I just remember being like, no, like, it has to be this way. And just being so hard on myself, trying to fit this mold of all these other people that just wasn't me. Um, yeah, as I pressed through that, uh, I said I wasn't going to need notes, but maybe I need my notes. Hold on. I do. That's totally fine. I use notes, too. Yeah, so I think when your kids are babies, uh, you can kind of hide that you're a good parent because, like, they're babies. They don't do a lot. But once they get a little older, especially my youngest, like, <laughs> she could really embarrass me in public doing all sorts of things. And it was I thought it was such a reflection of me as a parent. And I was like, oh, my gosh, because I guess... I presented myself as this person, and um, I looked like I had it all together, and meanwhile, it, I was struggling inside, but it was like, no, you present yourself. Um, we could unwrap that a different time, but um, yeah, my, my kids just definitely, I, I feel like, yes, they came into the world to be their own humans, but God used is using them to refine me, and looking back now through all the struggles, I'm, I'm very thankful because I don't know what else would have changed that stubbornness, that wanting to be a certain way, unless I had them. How is God working in that area of your life of comparison and looking around at what other people are doing? Is, can I ask that? Is that okay? Oh, it's still a struggle. Um, most recently, I just got off social media. <laughs> Uh, actually meeting with people, meeting with other moms, talking about our struggles, like we can joke about um, how we're failing, but it's almost like a, oh, you're not, you're not, you don't have it together either. Oh, okay, me neither. Okay, we can just be real together. So uh, that's been really helpful to just focus on um, our individual journey journeys. And then just some really good friends can just pour into you, like, you're doing good. These are the giftings that you have. And so uh, definitely community has, has helped. Yeah. Yeah, I think God's counterpart for comparison is uniqueness, right? And each of us carries unique gifts. I know, Laura, that you have some pretty amazing gifts. And how you're pouring into your kids in your unique way is really, really awesome. Because we all have something um, unique that we bring to the table, unique giftings and things that we actually do bring that are awesome. And so 
We need to focus on those things a little bit. What about you, Christina? What are some of the challenges in motherhood for you? Um, I think I have a similar story to Laura. I had gone to university. I had studied, um, you know, children. I knew the psychology around it. And so I judged parents hard, right? I had this arrogance about me. Like they, if they couldn't control their kids, then there was something wrong with them, right? Like when I have my kids, I will show you how it's done kind of, you know, attitude. And I know it's hard to believe from me. Um, but, you know, then, then I had a kid, right? And like just everything went out the window. I thought I had this arsenal in my pocket of, you know, I, this is how it's done and the kids will listen. And I quickly realized that they're not these little robots that you press a button and things just happen the way that you think they should, right? They come out with a will and emotions and, you know, it, it takes time to tame that, right? And so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely um, walking through that. So I, I not only judged other people, I felt that I was, um, and I guess I still do judge myself, right? When things just don't go right, what, what is wrong with me? Why can't I get these little humans to listen? Like, what is going on? And, um, I was reminded of something that happened when my now 10-year-old um, was about three. Um, I had to go to the mall and run um, a little errand. And um, I just decided to take him along, which was maybe not the best um, idea when you're trying to get things done. Anyhow, I, I said, just, you know, let's go to the mall and we'll, we'll just kind of be in and out. And so we get there and in the middle of the mall, there is a ladder. Um, you know, I, they were doing some construction. Uh, there was nobody there, but there was just this big ladder just hanging out in the middle of the mall. And so to a little three-year-old boy, he just saw like fun. So he runs over to this ladder and he is just wanting, mommy, can I climb the ladder? No, you can't climb the ladder. Um, you know, just one time, mommy, and I'm trying to, you know, pull him away. Um, nothing is working. And out of the corner of my eye, I see this little old man just standing there with a smirk on his face, and he's just watching this whole encounter. And so as that's happening, I'm getting more heated and more heated. Like, you know those um, old school cartoons where the, like, smoke is coming out of your ears? Like, I'm, I'm just there, right? I'm just like okay, we got to get out of here. And so I start, I'm doing everything I can. The things that I said I would never do, I am bribing my child. Do you want ice cream? Like, let's go get ice cream. Like, like, like whatever, I'll pay you. Like, let's just go. Like, we need to go. And so finally I had convinced him, um, you know, to get away from this ladder. And, and this little old man saunters up to me and I'm thinking, just hold it together, you know, just smile and nod and just get through it. He can't say to you anything that you haven't already said to yourself. You suck at this. You don't know what you're doing. Um, you know, just, just smile and nod. And for the love of God, don't punch him in the face. Like, just hold it together, right? I, I, I'm coming across as very violent. I, I'm not really um, a violent person. Um, and so this man comes over to me, and then he just, he just says, sweetheart. I'm like, here we go. Um, he just says, you know, I just want you to know that I've been where you are, that I've raised kids. And this was a long time ago. But you know what? Some things never change. Um, you know, you're going to get through this time. I know it's hard, he said, but you, I got through it, and you will too. And I was like, 
picking my jaw up off the floor. Like, I was not expecting that to happen. Here, I was thinking he was going to come. He was going to give me some advice and just judge me. And that wasn't it at all. He just wanted to come alongside me and encourage me. And that obviously meant so much because even all these years later, um, I remember that time. And um, I was also able in the years... um, going forward, when I saw somebody, a mom with her kid throwing a tantrum in the middle of the grocery store, I knew how much it meant to me that someone came alongside me. So I was able to do the same for them. And I just think how precious it is when we can encourage one another, right? We're all living it. We're all going through it. And so, um, you know, in the body, that's, that's what we're meant to do, right? Absolutely. And this is actually a really important point that maybe we could talk about and expand on a little bit is the idea of community. Laura, you mentioned that community was a really encouraging thing for you. um, And you were finding um, some strength there in community and actually just talking about the stuff that's going on. So how has the church community and having other moms and women around you been strengthening and encouraging to you as a mom? And what is community actually mean to you when you think about that in those terms. Do you want to go first? Um, Sure. Um, You know, motherhood can really feel like a really isolating time that you're just kind of in it uh, and you're in it alone. Um, You know, there is an African proverb um, that says that it takes a village to raise a child. Um, And here in North America, we don't really understand that concept. We don't do it very well, right? We don't do um, community well. There's this... Oyen is nodding away. I'm seeing that. I'm seeing that. You can yell too. It's it's good. It's good. Um, You know, we grow up in a culture that says, be strong, be independent, do it yourself, right? But that's, that's not the way that God created things to be. Um, You know, I grew up in a very European neighborhood, okay? So um, the parents of the community got together, and they would say things like, if you see my child doing something that they should not be doing, I give you the freedom. You do what it takes to bring them back in line, okay? I'm... Yeah, this, this was my life um, as a child. And so, and, and they would say to those parents, you deal with it, and then you come and tell me so that I can make sure that I deal with it at home too, right? And so, you know, if you need to give them a swat on the back, do it, right? Like this was, you know, what, what they would say. Um, and I think that the heart behind it was good. Um, the execution of it, you know, not so, not, not so much. But, you know, it was just this um, attitude of um, we're in this together. I'll look after yours. You look after mine, right? Um, and so there was, there was some beauty um, in that. Um, and, and that's what community is, right? Like coming together. Um, and it, it is very much a kingdom um, principle. Um, you know, when I find myself in a, in a challenging um, place. Um, I, I just think, I've been a Christian for a long time. I know what to do. I will pray. I will read. I will fast. I will declare scripture. I will, uh, you know, I'll do all the things. Um, but um, Andrew actually preached a sermon not too long ago out of um, James, um, James 5, 16, 
um, in particular when he's, when um, it says, confess your sins one to another and pray for each other that you may be healed. And that just hit me so hard. Um, you know, I believe with all my heart and I'm living it. There is such a freedom and a healing that can only come in community. We, you know, we need to pray and do do all these things on our own. It's right and it's good, but there is something that happens when we walk alongside each other. There, there is, um, it is a powerful um, tool and, and concept. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's just, I'm grateful for the leadership of this house and the direction um, that, that they're taking us in. Um, and I just encourage you, if Mountain Park is your home, that you would just get involved somewhere. Find your people, right? Find those who will come around you um, and um, just, you, you will see, I lost my train of thought completely, I'm sorry. Are you going to talk about um, immersed nights? Pardon? Are you going to talk about immersed nights? Yes, yeah. Um, immerse, yeah. I... Um, one thing that I really love is the Word of God. And so when they announced that um, Immerse was happening, I kind of jumped right into that. And I just, I have been so blessed by my group of women. Um, we have gone deep. We have prayed. We have laughed. We have cried. Um, last week, one of our own got baptized. And it's just been such a special time um, for us. And so I just encourage you, you, you we need people around us. Um, so just just jump in, jump in. I appreciate that. And um, Christina and I are both introverts, and I shared about that a few weeks back, if you were here for that, that sometimes stepping into those spaces is hard. It pushes us outside of our comfort zone. Um, and I remember the first night you walked in and you looked so scared. <laughs> you really did. You wouldn't think that this, this, you know, Greek mama would be scared of much, but she was. She was scared coming in that first night and has made some really great connections and relationships. Laura, what has community meant for you as you've been raising your girls and trying to figure all of this out? How's community helped you? Well, I grew up, like I said, part of a family church, and uh, but never really faced hard trials. So becoming a mom was like my uh, really, really big trial. And I want to say when my daughter was about nine months, I found a mom's group. And I walked in that first morning and... One of the moms who had some older kids was like, well, I just yelled at my kids the whole way, whole way to school this morning. And I did a deep sigh, and I was like, oh, I fit in here. Because here I had a nine-month-old, and why was I losing my temper with a nine-month-old? Um, they shared, so just another challenge of my journey in motherhood, it brought about, like, I like control. I like to have order. And of course, the child doesn't fit that <laughs> at all. Um, and it brought about anger. Um, I know that's a deeper issue for other things, but we might get to that. But there was anger coming out of, out of me that I was like, whoa, like where, where is that coming from? And knowing like I just had small children, it was, it was a bit scary. But I walk into this mom's group and women started sharing like what they're going through. And it wasn't, you know, sometimes you can get together with other moms and they're like, oh, look what my kid's doing. My kid's doing this, my kid's doing that, my kid's doing that. Yeah, we did that too. But there was like, I'm responding like this. I don't want to respond like this. Or I'm struggling with this. So there was like this desire in the other moms 
to do better, to, to actually look to Christ and um, walk how he walks. So it was encouraging to know that it's possible. Um, I saw a desire in them to be Christ-like, and I, I was encouraged to do that as well. I would hear women share um, and ask God, or they would just share a testimony of what God was doing in their own life. And that was like, oh, I can pray for that too. And I remember when, uh, I think it was New Year's in January, we made this, someone came up with the idea to go around and just share some resolutions according to parenting. Like, what do you want to change in your parenting? What do you want to get better at? And I remember God laid it on my heart to share, or like just to like, I want to get rid of anger. Like, I don't want to deal with anger. You know, when you ask God for something to help you with, and he's like, okay. Uh, so my daughter turned, I think it was on my husband's birthday, and she, from that night, she's around two, just like stopped sleeping in the night and would wake up for hours at a time and like scream. And that just brought to a head the depth of my anger and rage. Um, It was a really, really dark time. A lot of anger in our home, a lot of guilt for what, what I would do. And uh, I would, during their nap time, I remember sitting there and uh, really real with God. Like, I actually shook my fist at him. <laughs> like, why are you doing it like this? Like, why does it have to, can't you do it this way? And I think I had one of the Jesus Calling devotionals that was, you know, it writes to you like God speaking. And I, it, he said, like, I see you shaking your fist at me. And in that moment, I was like, oh, you see that. You see the depth of me. You know me. Um, and I also said to him, I'm like, if I harm, like, I don't want to live another day if I'm going to hurt my child. So, like, step in. So it made me desperate. Um, and from that, it was like a, a journey walking out of anger. Uh, but I think what changed in me was God saw me in the most ugly I feel like I've ever been. And he received me with grace and love. And I felt so treasured. And just as I was preparing this, I thought my husband saw me in the deepest, darkest, ugly. And he He's still there. So sometimes when all we want to do is share it to God, our deep and dark and ugly, God reminded me that other people are going to hear it, they're going to see it, and they're not going to run away. <laughs> they might be like, oh, I get it, and have freedom to share their own deep, dark, ugly. Yeah, so I stand here today. My kids are six and eight with a long journey to go especially in anger, but the fuse, they talk about a fuse, and it, it feels a lot longer. Our youngest, actually, to watch your child then struggle with anger, that guilt of the enemy just wants to, ah, see what you did, see what you did, and now your kids are acting like that. Um, but I just feel like I'm there sometimes to be like a punching bag to just receive like what God did for me. Just like, it's okay. Go ahead, shake your fist. <laughs> Go ahead, punch the pillow, or something worse. Not a child. I didn't punch a child. <laughs> um, yeah, so 
I'm glad you clarified that. (laughs) I may have punched my husband. (laughs) Laura's got this soft-spoken voice, and she's so sweet, and I'm like, anger? (laughs) Like, from you, I expect it, but from her... Uh, I, I am just so grateful for these ladies. I know it takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable like this and talk about these things that are going on under the surface in our lives. And it is true that we need God's grace in these moments. We need his grace in order to grow into the people he's calling us to be. We need his grace to dig into these things in our life and bring them out to the surface. We need his grace to be humble. We need his grace to grow in every way in our life. And Paul uh, said this probably in the best way. 1 Corinthians 15.10 says, It's by the grace of God that I am what I am. He had just mentioned that he used to persecute the church, and now he's an apostle of Christ, and he says, it's by the grace of God that I am who I am. It's what his grace has done in my life, and he says that his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, Though it was not I, it was the grace of God within me. So Paul's unpacking this concept for us that Pastor Andrew also touched on back a few months ago. And we use this this phrase that grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is opposed to earning. And Paul's saying here that I worked really hard and the grace of God met me in those moments and it changed my life. There was transformation that happened because I partnered together with the grace of God and I allowed it to work in my life. That's the hope that we have, is that the grace of God is here for us in these moments when we are at our lowest of lows and we feel the worst about ourselves and we have guilt and shame. The grace of God is there for us. It's beautiful. So I want to I wanna talk about this. I'm going to sit here just for a second because Can you, I just hop in you mentioned anger too. Yeah, yeah please I do. Um, I just want to say that I think one of the most powerful things that we can do before our children is to, um, to humble ourselves before them and to um, admit when we are wrong, to admit when we have hurt them, and to ask them for our forgiveness. And it really just shows them that we are still very much in process, that God is still dealing with us, working through us. And, and if we're honest, this will be a lifelong um, process. I feel that it honors God when we do that, and it's honoring um, to our children um, as well. Absolutely. And when we do that, we open up the pathway for them when they have struggles in their life to go back and recall I remember this working in my parents' life, right? Like, I look at my parents. I know I've told this story before, but I'll just super, super fast recap it. My parents were the first in both generations to get saved, and they were in their mid-30s when that happened. And I had just come on the scene, and so they were working really hard to change their lives. They were like all in for Jesus, and they were doing everything they could to make the changes in their life to make our family better. But as I was growing up, I witnessed this. That's what I witnessed growing up in my first 10, 15 years of life even, was my parents sitting under any teaching they could get and then applying it and applying it and applying it. And I was watching them grow as people. And that set me up to know how to trust God, even in the hardest moments, and to lean into him knowing, you know, I'm not perfect. 
I'll never be perfect, but there's grace. I can, I can keep growing. I can keep leaning in. There's more that God wants to do in my life. And so we carve this pathway for our kids when we're humble and we allow God to work in us. We make this pathway for blessing for the next generation and a way for them forward. Because no matter how good of a job we do as parents, our kids are going to end up with stuff in their lives too. It's just inevitable. It's the way it works. And so if we carve a path for them, if we teach them how to go to God with this stuff, if we teach them that he's a God who loves them and has grace and embraces them even in the darkest moments, we're setting them up for something incredible. So I wanna bounce back to this thought about anger because I hear this a lot and often in families, in marriages and in parenting. It's, it's not uncommon for me to sit in my office and hear people talk about anger. And we need to realize, if we're gonna address this as a community and as a people of God, we need to realize that anger is a secondary emotion. There's always something under the anger that's driving it. And we think we have a problem with anger and we're trying to manage the anger and we're trying to sort the things out so we can control our anger, but we fail to ask ourselves the most important question, what's under that? What's driving it? Is it fear? Is it insecurity? Is it people pleasing? Is it what is under that and what's driving it is the most important question. So I'm gonna ask you guys, Christina, when you think about anger in your own life, what is under that? What's driving it? Have you, how, what has God been teaching you in that area? Yeah, as I've begun to kind of process through, I've realized that there were insecurities that happened even in childhood. Um, you know, just feeling not good enough, like I don't measure up, like I'm, um, I'm a failure, right? And pride is huge um, for me. I'm just a hot mess, you know, like... <laughs> all around. But you know, when you let God into those places, right? When, when you're willing to go there, it is hard and, um, you know, it is ugly, but the fruit that will come when we allow God in to heal us is priceless. And so, yes, it's hard, um, but um, I'm willing to go there. Um, and so, yeah, only good um, can come. Um, from that place. I was reminded as I was preparing of a song um, by an artist by the name of Misty Edwards. Um, she's out of IHOP in KC, um, Kansas City. Uh, if you don't know her, you can look her up. She has really great stuff. Um, and it's a song called All Men Are Broken. Um, and it's a song sung from the perspective of our Heavenly Father. And he's, um, he says, I am not like your father, because even the best of them are just broken brothers. Um, all men are broken, um, and they, we go on to break our children, and he's, you know, she's singing about that. Um, and in the end, she says, uh, or um, God says, but I'm bigger than that. Come to me. I'm bigger than that. And that's what God wants all of us to do, to come, to lay it before him, and to let him into those places, because his heart is to bring healing and restoration, right? To stop the patterns of dysfunction and the things that we just, we grew up with as normal that isn't normal, um, and he really does want to bring change, so. Amen. What about you, Laura? What's under that for you, under the anger? Yeah, I think it's 
the fear, like fear. So fear of losing control, fear of not knowing what's next, fear of uh, a lot of fear. Um, things happening that I didn't want to happen. Uh, just really wanting to control and have it. If they, my children do something out in the open, that's going to reflect on me. So then there's definitely like the fear of man's approval. Like, what if my kids are like this? They're, people are going to look at me like that. Uh, but as you said, Christina, like when you like figure that out and you realize where it's coming from and like we can't be perfect. Um, we can't control anything. And God's brought me to this deep place of even in my fears, I have to like run to the end of it. So like worst case scenario, we had a leak in our house this past week. My sister's currently dealing with like a massive leak. And so as I'm lying there in bed, I'm like, okay, God, even if we have to redo our whole new kitchen, or we just got a kitchen last year. I'm like a whole new kitchen, like, like kind of ridiculous, but I needed to get there to be like, you've got it. And that's where he takes me with, with my kids, um, no matter what happens. Um, nothing I can do can, like, we hear it like, oh, you're going to ruin your kids. But like, like, that means that God isn't in control of my kids. And I have to believe that just as he's in control of my walk and what I'm learning, he's in control of my kids. And uh, yeah, so, and once you kind of uncover, like, I guess the root or whatever is under anger, it doesn't, it makes sense. And it's like, oh, do I need to get angry about that? Or I don't, I don't know. I'm still unpacking that. Yeah. And that's why I think it's really important to ask what's under that, because if you can name and identify what's under it, you can break the power of it. As long as you're just trying to manage the anger and the symptom on the top, you're not actually getting to what it is that needs to be healed. And God's grace is there for us in our lives, but we have to we have to recognize what it is we need his grace for. And so it's important we ask that question and get under the surface of anger and actually allow God to work in those places of our lives. So ladies, any final words of encouragement um, for the women that are here this morning? Laura? Uh, so this book that I read as part of the mom's group, it was called Spiritual Parenting. And I remember just at the beginning chapters, it said something, you can't give away what you don't have. And it was like a, a huge relief because like as a new mom and as moms, it's like the weight of like, oh, I got to do all these things. I got to read all these books. I got to figure it out. And, and God just so sweetly reminded me, like, focus on me. Like, focus on building your relationship with me. And when your eyes are on me, everything else will kind of flow together. And that's been, that's been true more and more and more as I've focused, allowed God to form me and shape me. Um, when I was thinking about you, you ladies today and the moms here and the moms in our lives, I thought about, especially in our culture, how easy it is to look at the people beside us and to compare our journey with everyone around us. And God brought to me that, that passage in Hebrews 12 about um, we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses to run the race that he set before you. And um, a couple of weeks ago, I got this picture of like a race being run and we were all running. And just this morning, it was like, and we're all like, you know, in those races, like they're identified with a number and my number isn't the same as the person beside me's number. And I just think like our calling and who God, the giftings he's placed in each of us. Like, we have to run that. 
um, and he will provide us the giftings we need. We don't need to look like that person on Instagram or wherever you look. Um, because when you do, right, you just fail. <laughs> well, at least I do. Because um, suddenly my expectations aren't God's. They're the expectations I've put on myself because that person is doing it. Um, and I also thought about how that great cloud of witnesses, it's not those other women that are like judging and saying like, oh, you should do it like this or, or whatever. You're it's like the faith people, the people of faith, men, women, grandmas, everybody who's just like run and do what God called you to do. Those giftings that God's placing you, that child that's really difficult, God is using it. And uh, those are the people that um, are cheering us on. So I encourage you to just walk out your gifting. Go to God and uh, he will provide you with what you need. Awesome. Thanks, Laura. What about you, Christina? Any closing thoughts or words? Yeah, I, I um, felt like God gave me a word for everybody, but in particular for the mothers, the ones who are just in the thick of it, right? Knee-high and poop and spit up and like you're just living on adrenaline and coffee. Um, I just feel like God wants you to know that there's greatness on the inside of you. And maybe you feel like you're a mess right now and you're a disaster, but when he looks at you, he sees the potential of what you can become. And my um, prayer for myself and for this house is that we would be a people who see with eyes of faith, just like God sees, and that we would see the greatness in one another and that we would pull, pull that out of each other and that we would know that we're in this together and that good will come. Do you want to pray for the moms this morning sure. as we close? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, and again, as I was praying, I just felt um, like God's heart um, over this day. We, it's a day where we celebrate moms, um, and it's good and it's right um, that we do that. Um, but I know that there are many here today, um, and it's a day where, um, yes, there is joy, but it can also be mingled with pain um, and with hurt and with struggle. And I just feel like God wants you to know he sees you, um, even in the midst of that. Um, some of us, maybe we have turbulent relationships um, with our mothers or mother with a child. Um, some of us, maybe we had a great mother, but she's no longer with us here today. And there's pain um, that we carry as a result of that. And some of the women in this room long to be mothers, and yet they've walked the hard road of infertility and loss. And God wants to come into all these places. Your story is not finished. He is still writing it and weaving together something beautiful um, that will come. And so um, if you are a mom here today and you just feel um, there's just something um, that you want to release before God, um, I just ask that you would just stand um, so that we can pray for you um, and we can just surround you um, today. And I just ask that um, if you are around somebody who is standing, that, that we would just be the church to them, that we would just come and that we would just release life um, over them. So you can just be free to um, do that now. Yeah, let's surround these ladies. A couple of people who are close by, maybe just stand and put a hand on them. And I'm going to ask Christina just to pray. 
In the back corner there, I'm going to ask someone to just go and stand. Thank you, ladies. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you that you are so good and that you are so kind, Father. And I thank you, Father, that you are continuing to write the story of our lives, Father, and that you will take everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly, Father, and that you will turn it around, Father, and that you will be glorified. And so, Father, we lift these women up before you, these precious ones, these daughters of yours, Father, and we are asking, Lord, that you would meet them in the place that they are at, Father, that they would know that they are worthy, Father, of your love, and that, Lord, you would, you would just touch them, Father, even in the deepest parts, Lord, and that they would hear your whispers, Father, and that you would just silence the voice of the enemy over them, Father. I thank you, Lord, for, for what will come, the testimonies of your goodness in their lives, Father. We just welcome you. We say yes and amen to everything, Lord, that you long to do. We worship you, Father. You are worthy of it all. In Jesus' name, amen.